Bonjour. Chez l'âge léger que l'éternel a fait. This is the day the Lord has made. Amen? I'm sorry I have spent every waking hour hearing bonjour, bonjour, and it has been an unbelievable blessing. I am going to do my, my very best on not making this a mission trip message this morning, but exactly, exactly seven days ago, I was standing in Pastor Enrique's church on the edge of the Atlantic Ocean in Leogon, Haiti, uh, preaching the gospel, uh, preaching through a French Creole uh, interpreter in a place that was absolutely uh, beautiful. It's something you would see just in your imagination. Uh, yet this place was very dark around the area in the community with voodoo. A lot of voodoo in this area. Uh, every other church we went to, it was a little lighter. It was up in the mountains and the spirit was different. But this place had a very, very ever-present darkness in that community as we walked through it to get to this church. And so I rejoice in being among my brethren this morning and I bring you greetings from your brothers and sisters in Christ, Baptists who are preaching and teaching the gospel in Laogon, Haiti, even this morning. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. That's one of my new favorite songs. He is a good, good father. And you know, if he's good, then he's great. And we sang that growing up, didn't we? Uh, God is great. God is good. And we would pray over our food. God is great and God is good, but the question is, who's your daddy? Who are you placing your faith and your trust in? What does your future look like and who are you depending on? In John chapter 6, Jesus made it very clear. This whole chapter is about Him being the bread of life, the one who... If you eat of, you shall never die. But he is always referring to and deferring to the Heavenly Father. The scripture in Luke chapter 11 says it like this. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg? Will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your father, or give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask them? Father in heaven, bless your word. 
Bless the preaching of your word. May revival break out in our heart and our spirit. And may we humbly bow at the foot, at the feet of the Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father, the one who sent his Son, you, our Savior, to die on a cross, who will change the world by changing us. Lord, may we be submissive. May we be forgiven in your presence and by your grace this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So many times this week we visited orphanages three times and we would walk to the churches and we'd walk up steep mountains. We would walk down beaches and have to wade or jump or just slog through or walk on a, over a log to get over these inlets to get to the churches. And no matter where we went, you'd just be walking along and you'd feel something. And it'd be a little boy or a little girl. Don't know where they came from. They would just come out of the banana trees. They'd come out of the sugar cane. They'd just come out of anywhere. And, just, and you'd look down and they'd just be looking up at you and they'd take you by the hand. And you would walk for a half a mile down the beach. You would walk up this hill to this church and they would walk every step with you. And many times as we would walk along with them, as they would walk, they would tap you on the shoulder and they'd go, I'm hungry, or have you got something? And so we would take candy and put it in our pockets. We would take, but you had to be real careful because if you threw one, if you gave one, there would be 300. There was one moment where I was fixing to get in uh, a tap tap, and that's a whole other story for another day. But I was putting on some hand sanitizer. There's two things you live on in Haiti, water and hand sanitizer. And so I'd put some on, well, one little boy, and without thinking, he stuck his hand out, and without thinking, I gave him a little squirt. It was one of those little things. It was 7,000 hands come out. And we squirted till we were out of squirts. And then you just have to say, I don't have any more. But you know, none of those kids that came up, did we reach down and they'd say hungry, and we'd reach down and give them a rock. None of them did we reach down and take something of filth and hand it to them. We would try to provide for them. God's Word teaches us very clearly that that's who our Heavenly Father is. For if we know how to give good gifts, being evil, how much more will a good, good father do for us? First of all, we've got to ask ourselves. You see, Jesus clearly stated who his father is and who he could be to us. The question is, is your father the author of salvation or an instigator of destruction? He said in verse 26 of John 6, John 6, verse 26, Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, You seek me not because you saw miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Listen, they knew when the missionaries were there. They knew that there would be candy. They knew that there would be food. But we reached a lot of them through it. We did medical clinics for two days, and they would line up, and we would serve over a hundred something people from toothaches to possible breast cancer we saw in those areas. And they knew, they knew Americans brought medicine, whether it was 
multivitamin gummy bears for the kids. They all got those. Or it was ibuprofen or even more specific prescriptions. See, they're not as hard on Haiti uh, on giving out scripts. We had a couple of nurses that were literally diagnosing, and we were helping to a, a pharmacy. They came knowing Americans brought physical help. Jesus said, you came not necessarily because you saw me do miracles, because you could fill your bellies. Labor not, he said, for meat which perishes, but for the meat which endures unto everlasting life which the Son of Man shall give unto you. Listen to this. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him who has sent me. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe? What Dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, and as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which comes down from heaven and gives life unto the world. Listen, I am a full, firm believer even more so than ever before. We've got to reach people where they're at. We went into a hospital, and I'm going to tell you something. This is my exact words. If I got sick down there, let me die in the street. Do not take me in that hospital. It was probably one of the most horrific places I have ever been in my entire life. But people were there because it's the only hope and the only help that they have. Listen, people are looking. They're looking for hope. They're looking for help. And we've got to ask ourselves, is our Heavenly Father one? One who is the author of salvation. What does that mean? The author of deliverance. Deliverance from physical problems, mental problems, emotional problems. We'll give God our eternal problem, but we want to keep our temporal problem. My friends, God is a God of every day. God's the God of the beach. God's the God of the valley. God's the God of the mountain. God's the God of the financial issues, the physical issues. God is a good, good father. And Jesus is trying to point this out to them. Listen, Irene Dunn wrote, trying to build the brotherhood of man. You know, we talk about all the brotherhood of man. We're all, listen, why can't we just all get along all of our countries? We, we, we just need to all just be more diplomatic. Let's talk this thing out. You see what that gets us, right? You can't talk to a crazy person. And I've got news for you. Listen, I don't mean this in any kind of mean way. Listen to what I've got to tell you. There is no brotherhood of man. Yes, we're, we're all human. But the only thing we have in common is we were all born sinners. But a Muslim is not my brother. A Jehovah's Witness is not my brother. They always try to point, and you know, Larry King lived to put a Christian on the spot. And he looked at Jerry Falwell one day, and he had others on there. He had Larry Flint, and he had all these other people from the world. And he said, 
So, Dr. Falwell, you're telling me that a Jew or anyone else who does not believe in your Jesus and, and place their faith in Him and Him alone is going to die and go to hell. He didn't go, uh, 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 well, he said, yes, Larry, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Now, Mr. Feelgood, Texas preacher, he said, well, Larry, I don't really want to say that. There's a lot of sincerity. I'm going to tell you, sincerity will drive you straight to hell. He's either, either your heavenly father or he's not. Either you're following one who can do something about your temporal and eternal problems or you're following one who is an instigator of destruction trying to build the brotherhood of man without the fatherhood of God is like trying to make a wheel without a hub. It can't be done. It can't be done. Church, we've got to decide whether we're going to have the wherewithal to announce to the world, our God is an awesome God. Our God is the only God. Our God is a loving God. But make no mistake about it, He's a just and holy and righteous judge. And without Him, without His Son, you will die and go to hell. You're not doing anybody a favor by playing hopscotch and skipping down a primrose path, dodging the truth. We must tell them in love. Not tell them that they're going to go to hell without Jesus, really with a, a certain taste in your mouth, hoping that's what happens. But praying, oh dear God, may your mercy and your spirit pour out through my words that their lives will be changed. Listen, I stood up, we stood up, we shared the gospel with the Evangel Cube. One boy from down in Nahunta had spent all year practicing and I, I was blown away. I was absolutely blown away as he began. And he told, he told the translator, he said, listen, I'm going to go it alone on this one. Stay close in case I need you to pinch hit. Because we would sit two Americans and a translator, and as they would come in, have their vitals checked, then they would move to evangelist, uh, go to the doctor. The doctor would basically check them, see what needs, and as they waited to have a prescription filled, they were given the gospel. Two Americans using the evangel cube. Sharing the gospel and the translator would tell him, well, this boy has spent the last year, 23 years old, he had spent the last year learning French Creole. And so he sat there. He said, I'm going to try it this time. He said, oh, I was praying, I was praying. He, he said, and I wanted, and sometimes we know God has blessed us, but we want to rely on our own strength. And he started, and you could see it just kind of kick in. And I looked over there and I said, you know what, I don't understand a word he's saying. So that must mean he's doing pretty good. And I saw the person he was talking to doing their head. And he shared the gospel. He reached them right where they were in their language because he cared enough to spend the time on his face and in the books because he so wanted to tell them Jesus loved them and that we have a good, good father. We saw over 20-something Salvations this week. Most of them through the medical clinic. 
Some of them through a vacation Bible school. Listen. They didn't play on iPads. They did not have to have blow-ups. They didn't have to have videos and special dances and hand signals and everything else. You know what they did for Bible school? We gave them white paper plates and crayons. We took a coloring book and tore out a page, and each one got a page. It was a Christian coloring book. That was their Bible school. They didn't get hot dog, pizza, and chicken nuggets. They got a place of rice and beans. Oh, by the way, I'd take it over any chicken nugget. Ben, I'd take it over corn dogs. Rice and beans are the bomb. But the whole thing is, we have overcomplicated this thing. We have spoon-fed to where it's about all the other stuff and not about the good, good father. Church, I'm, I know you say, oh, I can, hear, I can hear what you're saying. Preacher's come back, he's been down there, and he's coming. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. You could learn a lot if you'd go. But you better be dedicated if you do. Because you'll be looking for a way out, and there ain't no way out. And it's a long swim, and you've got to swim by Haiti to get back. I mean, swim by Cuba. But my friends, I'm telling you, we have a God who is the author of salvation. He will deliver us from all evil if we will place our hope and our trust in Him and Him alone. We've got to ask ourselves, is our Father one with the abundance of adoption or the architect of delusion? George Mueller, that very famous praying missionary who started orphanages, never went on deputation. He never called up. Well, he didn't have phones, but he didn't, never called on pastors and said, Hey, will you give me a morning service? I could come in and puppet. He just would pray. And then he would beg others to pray. And they would pray for specific needs. And it was praying George Mueller who fed thousands upon thousands of orphans who kept them alive by giving them the physical meat of the world, but by giving them Jesus, the meat of the word. Many of those orphans heard about a good, good father. George Mueller said, Our Heavenly Father never takes anything from His children unless He means to give them something better. Listen, the abundance of adoption. He said in verse 35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believes on me shall never thirst. David said, I was once young, now am I old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Or a seed begging bread. It may not be a three-course meal. It may not be three meals a day. But it may just be a plate of rice and beans. But it is something God will provide. He said, but I said unto you that you also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father gives me shall come to me. And him that comes to me I will in no wise cast out. You're making excuse today. Well, you just don't know what I've done, preacher. No, but he does. And he said, those who will come to him in faith, he will not cast out. I don't think y'all heard that. 
if you'll come to him and humble yourself. Stop doing it in your own power and lay it on the altar before God. He will not cast you out. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which has been given me, I shall lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which sees the Son and believes on him, hear me now, Everybody that sees Jesus, everybody that believes on Him in faith may have everlasting life and I will raise Him up at the last day. That's the adoption of sons. That we may cry, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. In that church I spoke about, I didn't know I was going to preach. And they came and said, hey, you're the pastor of the whole group here. Can you speak for a few minutes? The pastor would like to hear American pastor speak for a moment. I said, yeah, I can, I can do something like that. So we're getting ready. We go down and we go as far as the church can go. And now we're on this beautiful beach except for the piles and piles and piles of trash. And we're walking to church down the beach. What a beautiful morning. And we come, and listen, you've heard, I'll, I'll go to church if it's the Lord's will and the creek don't rise. I'm going to tell you, creek don't have nothing to do with going to church. Because you'll either get on the tap, tap, go around, or you just wait up. I had one, I called him over, he was one of our interpreters, Caesar. I said, Caesar, come here. I said, you strong? Yes, I'm strong. I said, well, turn around. You're going to carry me across this water. I'm not getting my feet dirty. He said, okay, okay. He carried me across. Many who walked the log. Many who just jumped in and walked through the water to get there. But we walked across and we went. When we got there, on the day of mission, medical mission, I'd preached there on Sunday, it's now Monday, and we're back. It's about, I don't know, uh, 90, probably 90 degrees when we get there at, 8.30, 9 o'clock that morning. Humidity, uh, the humidity is about 780%, somewhere 780, 790. Um, it is like being in the jungles of Asia. It, I mean, it's unbelievably hot. We hadn't even started yet. And when we walk into this one little place, it's got a roof on it. But the walls, and you'll see pictures, is tarps that aid has been sent to Haiti by Samaritan's Purse. Had Samaritan's Purse. We saw one of their vehicles this week. But it says Samaritan's Purse. Well, we walk in to kind of get everything out and look through it. And there's a bundle sitting there, and we walk over and look, and it's a baby. It looks almost like a newborn baby. And so one of the ladies walks over and she's like, baby. And the woman says, oh, yeah, yeah. Picks it up and says, here, you want. And she basically, our American thought, she's trying to give me the baby, give it away. Well, the more we talked, we found out the baby lived with a pastor and his wife. Pastor Henriquez and Madam Pastor are in their 60s. 
this child was six months old. This child was about the size of a one-month-old. For the child was born a twin. And the twin died at childbirth along with the mother. And so there was no, no mother to feed the child. The pastor had taken him in because no one else would tend to him, to this child. The child was an orphan. But the man of God in that village and his wife are taking it in, trying to find someone to help. And through Baptist for Haiti, getting them, we went to town and bought formula for this baby. Some of us are no different. We feel all alone in this world. We have forgotten that we have a Heavenly Father who lives to adopt. He sent Jesus that through the adoption of sons we may come to the very throne of a holy God and cry out, Abba, or Papa, or in French Creole, Appa. Appa. That's the intimate term. God who created the universe loves us and wants us to come to Him even in all the hurt. Listen, he's not the architect of of delusion. This world that says, oh, come think like me. Come follow me and you can have all the things of this world. But what does it profit a man if he gets all that stuff and loses his own soul? I've seen some really rich people in Haiti, didn't you? I mean, filthy, stinking, rich. Whose bathroom was just an open hole in the ground. Who ate rice at every meal. Who not only did not have a vehicle, but didn't even have an animal to ride, but they're rich. Pastor Francois and his wife, there in the mountains, an older couple. We were doing the medical clinic, and they come. One man comes from the church, and he's got... A big old basket full of coconuts and goes around and says, who wants a coconut? And I said, how much? No, 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 no. No, our gift, our gift. And so I said, yeah, I want, I want a fresh coconut. So he goes to hacking with his machete, pokes that hole, and we're drinking fresh coconut milk. Comes up with a basket of fresh mangoes, fresh papaya. And then Pastor Francois says, lunch is ready. And his wife in this one little dark room about the size of this chair to the edge, and about this wide, on a fire in this room, had cooked a bowl this big of rice and beans and fed us all. They had nothing. Church, it's not about things. It's about the one who gave us his son. It's the abundance of adoption. Do we have a father that is the avenue of redemption or a street of distraction? Be content to be a child, Isaac Pennington said, and let the Father proportion out daily to thee what light, what power, what exercises, what strength, what fears, what troubles he sees fit for thee. In other words, get up every morning, praise him for who he is, And pray, let thy will be done. 
Can you tell me anything greater you can pray than, God, may your will be done in my life? We can pray, God, I believe I could do more if you'd help me financially. Oh, God, help me physically. God, help. But let me ask you, if he's a good, good father, if we really believe he sent his son to die because Jesus said, not my will, but thy will be done, that was God's will, then tell me, is there anything you could pray any better over your children? Is there anything you could pray any better over your parents? Is there anything you could pray greater for your church, your community, and your country than, Father, let your will be done? No. That's the greatest prayer we can make. But when you do, you've got to be willing to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I'll go bear my cross for you. Yes, Lord, I will suffer persecution. Yes, Lord, I'll be hungry for you. Yes, Lord, I'm willing to give up things of this world knowing that you have set me free. Church, if you're lost here this morning, and you're trying that whole fake it till you make it business, it's not going to wash. The only thing that's going to wash is the blood of Jesus. Let me ask you something. You're a good daddy. You're a real good daddy. Man, you've took care of your family. You love on your grandbabies. I mean, they think you're the greatest thing there is. You give them stuff. You buy them stuff. You teach them hard work. You work hard. You do all that. That's great. That's wonderful. The Bible says a man that won't work is worse than an infidel. But if you think being good is going to get you to heaven, they may walk by your grave. They may stand and talk about what a great, great man you was when you died. But I got news for you. If they're saved and you've never professed Jesus Christ as your Savior, your goodness will go with you into hell. Because there is no way. There's only one way through that gate. And it's not by telling some joke about St. Peter being there. It's by falling on your face and confessing, I am a sinner. I am lost and separated from God. And I believe that's the reason Jesus died. If you can be good, why did Jesus die? Tell me that. I asked people in Haiti that this week. They give all kind of excuses. Oh, I'm this and I'm that. Well, why did Jesus die? Do you believe Jesus died? Yes. Well, Why? He died for you and me. Because you cannot be good enough. You can't go to church enough. You can't give enough. Is your father the one of assurance of resurrection or of damnation? He said in verse 53, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of God and drink His blood, you have no life. That's not literally cannibalism. That is being bathed into the likeness of his death and risen in the resurrection of life. Cassidy set that in motion this morning and showed you the biblical model. She preached the gospel of God's salvation in her life when she stepped into that water this morning. She said, look at me. Spiritually, I was dead. I was lost and without God. She told you with her mouth, but then she showed her, showed you with her actions. When I put, laid her down in the likeness of the death of Jesus, 
Jesus didn't leave a foot hanging out of the grave. He didn't keep an elbow out just in case. He didn't keep his nose right above the edge of the dirt. Jesus was holy in the ground and sealed. And as Cassidy and Taryn and David went down, they went all the way down. And I've told you all this many, many times. I baptize a lot of people in this world, but I've not yet seen one breathe underwater. Because it is symbolic of being dead in Christ. We were dead in sin, then dead in Christ. But in dying with Christ, Cassidy, you didn't stay down, did you? When you came back up, you didn't have to hold your breath anymore, did you? You got to breathe. And you got to breathe out and breathe in. And that is the show. That is the picture of the greatest thing on earth. The newness that is Christ Jesus. He is not here. He is risen. And through that, people ought to look at us and say, you're not the same person you used to be. No. Through Jesus, I am risen. Through my heavenly Father loving me. Who's your daddy? That's my daddy. The one who loved me enough to send his son with the assurance of resurrection. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, that great pulpiteer, said the highest science, the loftiest speculation, the mightiest philosophy which can ever engage the intention of a child of God is the name, the person, the work, the doings, and the existence of the great God whom we call Father. Church, His Word very clearly tells us this is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eats of this bread, Jesus, the bread of life, shall live forever. Have you been saved? Are you born again? Listen, as they come with a hymn of invitation. This is not the time to start figuring out the quickest exit. This is not the time to run out. Listen, your kids in the nursery will wait till you get there. Lives depend on this moment. Please be attentive to the Spirit of God. That we would focus on what God is telling us. Maybe the Spirit of God is raised up in us a spirit of knowing, a spirit of conviction that we've never been born again. And we need to rush this altar and fall on our faces and say, Oh God, come into my life and save me. May you be my heavenly Father. Maybe you need to come and pray for a lost family member. God's will would be done in their life. Are you burdened for anybody lost? Are you just got your four and no more? But your neighbor's dying going to hell. People you work with dying going to hell. People you pass every day dying going to hell. I asked Ben last night, come I said, how many people you think we were in pro- a two-mile proximity of all week? There's not a nook and cranny in Haiti. There's not people. We, we estimate we were around probably two million people on a daily basis. Scripture says there's many who are going to and fro and have no idea where they're going. Well, church, if we care about them, we're going to point them to a good, good father. We're going to say, come meet my daddy. 
He'll love you. He'll care for you. He'll do great and mighty things. He has done the greatest of all. He sent His real Son that we may be called. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. If you need to come pray, you're saved. But you've not been everything God wants you to be. You need to be on mission in your mission field, in your Jerusalem. You need to pray, God, change your life, change your family. You'd be everything God's called you to be. It's time to come without hesitation. Stop wallowing in mediocrity. Stop with a halfwayness of faith. But step out and be all that God wants you to be today. He's a good, good father. Come trust him. Stand and come.